Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Voting in the 2022 general election begins this week. There are two candidates on the November 8th ballot running to be the next San Diego County Assessor, Recorder, County Clerk. One is Chief Deputy Assessor Jordan Marks, and the other is Chief Financial Officer and former San Diego City Council member Barbara Bree. Both candidates met with the San Diego Union-Tribune editorial board to discuss the job and how they would do it. Here's the first 20 minutes or so of each of their interviews. To hear the full conversation online, go to sandiegouniontribune.com slash election slash election 2022. Thanks for listening. Okay, today the San Diego Union-Tribune editorial board is joined by Barbara Bree who is running for County Assessor, Recorder, Clerk. Barbara, thanks so much for joining us today. Great, thank you for inviting me to meet with all of you. Yeah, and let's start with the first question about uh, why you want the job. First of all, thank you for responding to our written Q&A where we had asked you that question earlier um, of you and, and your opponent. And his, his argument is that he's uh, been in the office and knows how it works um, and can hit the ground running. Um, why, why do you want this job and why do you think you'd be a better uh, fit for the office than he? Sure. Um, well, I think it's time for new leadership at this office. Uh, and that with my background uh, in the technology world for 30 years, four years on the San Diego City Council, where I chaired the budget committee, uh, I think I bring an expertise to this office that it desperately needs. Um, as all of you know, I served four years on the San Diego City Council. I ran for mayor and lost. I never expected to run for public office again. Uh, last August, a number of uh, community leaders uh, reached out to me to, to encourage me to run for county assessor, recorder, county clerk. And it took me three months to say yes, because during that time, I researched the office and I talked to assessors in other parts of California. And what I found is that our office is in desperate need of new technology and modernization. Uh, for example, it's been working on what's called an integrated property tax management system since 2016. And I learned this from reading uh, public documents. Other counties have already implemented this. Uh, I knew this when I announced in November that a few months later, we found that the uh, former head of technology for the county assessor uh, pled guilty to a conflict of interest charge involving his wife, um, his sentencing is uh, later this week. Uh, but this just confirmed to me that there were major technology issues in this office, starting with a new website um, uh, and completing the integrated property tax management system. And I'm happy to explain why that's important later if you want me to. And third, um, having a cohesive system for understanding when, there, when building permits are issued and when certificates of occupancy are issued, because this allows you to go out and reappraise property legitimately and increase property tax revenue. And uh, I can show you the piece of paper I got when I asked this question. Uh, I had to do everything through PRA requests. And this is every city in the county and how they communicate with the assessor to let them know that new construction is happening in their area. And in some cases, it's the US mail. They're sending a piece of paper in the 21st century. This has got to change. 
Let me and let me also give you the opportunity to explain uh, something for us, which I, I think we understand, but for voters they may not. This this qualification that you don't have but they can get. Um, your opponent is saying that, that you know he has that and you don't. Can you take a second and describe what that qualification would do and, and how you could get it and, and how common it is that a candidate might not have that? Yeah, thank you for allowing me this opportunity. Um, my opponent is spreading misinformation when he says I'm not qualified to run for this office. If I were qualified, the Register of Voters would not let me be on the ballot. If I lived in Riverside County, I would not be allowed to run for San Diego County Assessor, Reporter, County Clerk. My opponent has a special appraiser certificate, which I can get after I'm elected. Uh, what I do, if I'm elected, I apply to the Board of Equalization for a temporary certificate. Uh, and I have one year to pass an exam. I've already read the appraiser handbook on which this exam is based. And if I'm elected, I plan to study appropriately for this exam. Uh, I've been told that Ernie Dronenberg, this is the route he took. I'd like you to verify that with him. I've talked with appraisers, uh, assessors in other parts of California. This is the route they took. I am totally qualified for this position. I have a Harvard MBA. I have learned many new things in my life. When I grew up, there were no computers and I've become a technology entrepreneur. I think I can pass this test. Thank you. What, um, let me give you an opportunity to, to share what you see as the current tech issues and then how quickly your plan would be to improve them and what priority uh, order you would put them in. You obviously just name checked a couple starting with the construction um, yeah. communications so with cities. So the first is a new website. If you go to the LA County Assessor, the Marin County Assessor, and you just look at their websites, they are so much easier to use. And it's so much easier to figure out how to contact someone if you need help in a specific area. Uh, so that starts with the website, which is probably the easiest thing to do. Uh, second is completing this integrated property tax management system. And uh, why it's important is um, the assessor determines the uh, appraised value, assessed value of property, then sends that information to the auditor controller. That is not an elected position. That position then adds on the tax rate. So where, where you live in San Diego County determines your property tax rate, depends on you know, what voter approved bonds are in your area. So the auditor uh, controller adds that on and then determines your particular property taxes for your property, then sends that information to the treasurer and tax collector who sends you the bill. Right now, from what I've been told, these systems do not talk to each other. That's why you want an integrated property tax management system where everything is seamless. Because when you have, when things don't talk to each other, when technology doesn't talk to each other, things fall through the cracks. And I have anecdotes of this happening. I would have to be at the office to understand if it's happening on a systematic level. But this is why you need this integrated property tax management system. So that's number two, the website, number one, this number two. And the third priority is uh, a cohesive way of identifying new construction uh, and getting it onto the property tax rolls uh, in a timely basis. 
uh, so that we collect the accurate amount of taxes. Uh, the assessor in LA told me he was $4 billion behind in getting new construction onto the property tax rolls until they integrated um, a, new a new integrated property tax management system uh, as well as implementing new procedures to keep on to keep on top, top of new construction. So it would be those three things are the, the technology priorities for the office. There then are human resource priorities so that you run uh, an organization that delivers excellent customer service. Thanks for walking us through those. And then last question from me before I throw the mic to my teammates here. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the other things that your uh, opponent has, has said is that you cannot protect Prop 13, whereas he would advocate for defending it. And I just want to call your attention to something specific you wrote in our Q&A with us, where you said, the current law for property taxes is governed by Prop 13, and in this position, I will enforce it. I guess my question for you is, does that mean you wouldn't enforce it in another position? And then more broadly, you know, what do you think about Prop 13? Does it, is it, uh, does it need some changes? So Prop 13 has been changed over the years. Yeah. So it was most recently changed with Prop 19 that uh, governs how property homes can be transferred from uh, children, uh, parents or grandparents to children or grandchildren. Um, I support Proposition 13. It's the law of the land. But I, as an individual tax assessor, cannot uh, protect it. That is up to the voters. And it is the requirement of the assessor to enforce the law. So if the voters decide they want changes to Prop 13, it is the assessor must enforce what the voters want. Uh, you know, two years ago, there was something called Proposition 15 on the ballot, uh, which would have created a split role. I was asked in several public forums if I was going to vote yes or no on Prop 15, and I said I was voting no. Um, my opponent is under investigation by the FPPC because he apparently opposed Proposition 15 on county time. So if, so which it was not appropriate to do while he was working for the county. If he was opposed to Proposition 15, it was appropriate for him to do it outside his office. So if something comes up that I am personally opposed to, I will do it on my personal time, I will, but not on government time. So you're not ruling out any lobbying against changes to Prop 13 in the future. You're just saying you would do it on your personal time. It is, yeah, well, I, so if people come to me and they want policy changes, it is, I think what the assessor needs to do is say, if you want this, this is what the impact's going to be. If it gets passed, we're gonna need X, this many more people, this amount of new technology, um, this many years to implement Proposition 19 when it passed was a mess. The legislature had to pass clarifying legislation and as I've talked to assessors uh, around the state, there are still issues with implementing it. I actually asked our local assessor, um, how long is it taking you to uh, process Proposition 19 claims? And their answer to me was, we don't know. I mean, that's unacceptable. We don't know on such an important issue. So um, I view this, position as not a policy position. This is a position to, as an executive position to implement the will of the voters and the voters can protect Proposition 13. Thanks. That's it for me for now. Appreciate it.
I just have a small uh, follow-up question to the test that you mentioned, Barbara. Um, you sound very confident that that's not an issue. You'll pass the test. I'm just wondering, um, is it a, you know, do you have a second chance or a third chance, like a driving test, if you were not to pass that test for any reason? Um, I don't know the answer to that. You'd have to ask uh, the Board of Equalization. So I don't know the answer. Um, uh, I, I, as I've talked to assessors around the state who have passed the test, um, they've all passed it. The, uh, the guy who's running against you makes a big deal out of talking about all the different tech things that he has advanced and his claims that he's really made and been the, the mover and shaker, not Ernie Dronenberg in recent years. But what do they say when you bring up basic stuff? Like if you don't track things, you can't know if you're getting better at them. Because that seems to me like almost an elemental aspect of a modern organization at this point, such basics as tracking things. Um, I agree with you absolutely, Chris. Um, Listen, until I announced I was running last November, Jordan was out there all by himself, didn't have to really address the real issues and challenges and problems of this office. Um, it's a different uh, ecosystem, it's, it's, it's a different playing field now because you know I've done research, I've looked at what other assessors do, I've asked a lot of questions and uh, as I pointed out, you know, why is it taken since 2016 to implement this integrated property tax management system? Other places have done it much more quickly. Uh, why do, sorry, 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 no, no, you go. I'm sorry, Chris. I think Andrew was about to ask a question, so I defer to Andrew. Were you, Andrew? Okay, what I was going to ask I, was- I wasn't, but I've got one if you've- uh... No, no, I, I, just, I was just struck <laughs> by the comparisons between the Board of Equalization pre-2017 and the assessor's office today, there just seems to be kind of a, a, a slack quality to these kinds of financial management issues where everyone just kind of goes along to gets along. And then all of a sudden the legislature noted in 2005 that one in six of the employees are there because of nepotism. So it, it, I wonder if there's something unique about these kinds of financial organizations in state and local government that we, we don't see the hard chargers or the people who might be running for mayor or supervisor. I think you bring up a really good point, Chris. This is an office that has operated with little public oversight and accountability. And someone like me running with my background, you know, starting as an investigative journalist, uh, starting to ask a lot of questions, uh, someone who also has a technology background, um, you know, it's kind of lit a fire. Thanks. I wanted to ask a little about non-disclosure. California is a disclosure state. And yet back when I was a real estate reporter, there was the means by which the, the well-to-do in particular could use uh, certain tricks to keep their sales prices off the books. Uh, do you know if that's still the case at all? And, uh, and if so, is there anything we should be doing about it? Um, Andrew, I think that's a really good question and I don't know the answer to it. So I'd like to find out. I think all property transactions should be recorded. I know um, some people do buy property in the names of LLCs, but the, the price should certainly be recorded publicly. Right. And then the second question uh, to our uh, Q&A, one of the things I've struggled with over the years as someone who's dug around in all these public records is uh, when I was doing it, it used to be a lot harder to do. The kind of situation you're talking about, the technology you're talking about, uh, putting in place and even the technology that's in place already makes it very easy for people to search this information. I'm wondering 
do you have the same, do you wrestle with that same uh, balancing act between the right to privacy and the right to full transparency? So uh, when I'm talking about making things easier to search, uh, I'm talking about property searches. I'm not uh, other other you know, marriage, birth, death certificates. I, I want to do research to find out you know what our laws are, what's appropriate. But if you go to the LA County uh, Assessor website and you type in an address in LA, all the information comes up very easily much more easily than in the system that the city, the County of San Diego uses. The County of San Diego does use a third party vendor. Uh, the County of Los Angeles uh, has brought that uh, function in house and also allows people to do it for free. How would you rate the San Diego County office overall? You know, you've mentioned all these things you'd like to bring in from uh, different places. I mean, is there a gold standard in the state? Is there an office that's just doing this tremendously well and we should emulate that? Or is it a little bit of, of pick and choose from everywhere? Um, I think that's a good question, Christy. And I think it's a bit of pick and choose, although I've been particularly impressed with the LA assessor uh, and what they do. Uh, he is only the assessor in other places in the state uh, in some places, the three jobs, assessor, recorder, county clerk have been combined into one elected position. And in other places, only the assessor is elected and the other jobs are appointed. So, but uh, what Jeff Prang is doing in LA is I would like to, you know, I'd like to copy a lot of what he's doing. You know, I don't, we don't need to, to reinvent the wheel. Um, and then you asked, did you ask me something else? Oh, I guess just your um, just how you would rate oh. the department overall as it is today. I would give it a C minus. I would say the employees really care about doing a good job, and I've met with many of the employees, and they have ideas. And if I win, I would spend the first ninety days just yes, four hundred employees, five different offices. I would just go around to meet all of them to find out what's on their mind what they think works, what they don't think doesn't work, what suggestions they would have for improving things. Because from what I've heard, and it's anecdotally, is oftentimes their suggestions are not listened to. Um, multiple times in your Q&A, you mentioned that you'd like to bring more equity to the office. So can you identify some areas in the office where you see that as lacking and what do you think could be done about it? Yeah, so first of all, I'm on the outside. I don't, you know, any data I want from the office, I get from talking to some of some of the employees or from doing a PRA request. You know, my opponent is there every day. So I first want to look at, you know, what does the workforce look like? I, I don't know what it looks like. Uh, when I was at this, was I, when I was on the city council, we uh, commissioned a compensation study to look at how uh, employees within the city of San Diego were being paid. And what we found is that people of color and women were being paid less and sometimes for semi-comparable positions. So I first need to really get in there and look and you know, do appropriate uh, studies to figure out what particularly with the workforce needs to be fixed. Um, Barbara, what is your role with your current company right now? And if you win, what will happen to the company? Will you still continue in some fashion to be involved or resign altogether? Um, right now, I'm the chief operating officer and, and the chief financial officer for Blackbird Ventures, which invests in early <coughs> stage companies. 
Uh, my husband is the CEO and owner of the company. I do not own any part of this company. Uh, we have talked, and if I win, I will step down in mid-December. Uh, this office, uh, you take office in January. So I would uh, have five weeks of transitioning uh, to someone else to take over my responsibilities. But that's similar to I when I uh, was on the San Diego City Council, I also left uh, the company completely during my time on the city council. Okay, today today the editorial board is joined by uh, Jordan Marks, who's um, running for assessor, recorder, county clerk, um, and uh, working currently in the office. Uh, thanks, Jordan, for taking some time to be with us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your time. Let me ask you first why you want uh, the top job in the office and what grade w you would give the office currently. I, I appreciate that question. I think the office has been performing really well. I actually do believe uh, since I've joined the office, we've evolved to become the model assessor recorder clerk office in the state, still with room for improvement and still with great opportunity ahead of us. But I think as an office that puts customer service first, delivers record high property tax savings for the San Diegans that need something to make it a little bit more affordable these days, making sure you're not overtaxed and doing it with such efficiency, a great rating from the state of a 99.77% accuracy, all with great customer service as our focus. Uh, I think that we're, we're doing a great job. And so uh, I think we are an A, we're always reaching for that plus. You know, if you have an office where you say you can't do better, then you're not really delivering the best. Uh, so we have no ego. And that's part of our rating, which is we constantly want that feedback on how to deliver better. And since I've joined the office, uh, I read and I've read over 6,000 customer service cards. I read every one to make sure that we understand what our customers are looking for, how we can no blind spots. How can we be better? Um, I, I will say the ones that asked us for free beer and pizza, I'm sorry, we can't deliver that the taxpayer dime. But uh, for the ones that have given us great reflection and opportunity to be better. I appreciate that. And so uh, knowing that I'm bringing my life experiences, uh, I'm in my 40s, I'm a family man. I have a three-year-old and my wife, we live in the college area, a two-bedroom, one-bath house. And we're part of that San Diego struggle going on right now. Uh, folks trying to achieve uh, a home that they can have another child in or uh, retire with dignity like my neighbors or my folks. My neighbors are the teachers and the postal carriers. Uh, those are the folks that I take with me to work every day. And so as my boss, who's 79, uh, has had a great career, uh, they call him the legend. So I've been mentored by the person that literally wrote the property tax rules that we get to administer today and have that understanding and that education and mentorship by somebody that has opened my eyesights to how we could better serve our seniors and our folks to the office. I've also brought that new energy. And I think that it's that time for transition. And so uh, I'm going for that top job because I bring the education to do the job right. It's a technical job. You have to be a certified property tax appraiser, but a certification isn't enough. You need to also have the experience. 
I have the experience that I gained from when I was appointed by Governor Jerry Brown to the State Board of Equalization, overseeing assessors, as well as hands-on experience here in the leadership of the office, personally resolving over a thousand cases, walking customers through the process and constantly enhancing our process with our staff hand in hand. I have the trust of my staff, which is awesome. But also uh, I think that I get to keep something that's important, that's special in our office. I call it our secret sauce. It's at heart for public service. Uh, I care to help people. I think uh, I've gotten over 2000 community endorsements and that doesn't because happen because people love their tax assessor. <laughs> you know, uh, I joke, some people try to run when we enter the office, uh, you know, and say hi, but it happened because uh, when the pandemic happened, you know, I was there with our taxpayers, our constituents, our customers, two o'clock in the morning on Saturdays before Prop 19 implementation because we made sure our office opened up on nights and weekends to help the parents that couldn't get off during work or the active duty Marines that are trying to get married that couldn't do it between nine to five. Having that heart of delivering great service is something I'd like to continue. And so having the trust of my team, having the trust of the community, um, I feel uniquely qualified to be in this leadership role and I'd be honored to continue doing the work that I'm doing as Chief Deputy Assessor, Recorder Clerk, and taxpayer advocate for the community. How, when we uh, talked to um, your opponent in the race, she gave the office a C minus. Maybe that doesn't surprise you to hear that. Um, but she also said that her focus would be in the tech area, you know, ramping up the website to make it more user friendly and, and, and information more accessible. Um, working on something that I think is coming in December of this year is that integrated property tax management system. And then also she criticized the office for not having a better way to uh, identify new construction. Yes. And so I guess my question to you is you just gave the office an A and said you're always trying with that A+. Plus. Did, is she really off base with her assessment? And, and how do you, especially the tech situation, how do you view that, those offerings for the, for the office? Well, you gave, you gave me a lot to unpack there, Matt, so I'd like to kind of uh, walk through each one separately, if it's okay. Uh, for, first of all, uh, as much as I appreciate my opponent evaluating our office, uh, from that perspective, she doesn't have the technical experience and knowledge that the State Board of Equalization auditors do. The folks that come in that have actually issued our 2021 audit report that says we're doing a great job from a assessment perspective, which includes, uh, you know, and it's, I understand she's running for an office. She's trying to find ways to say, hey, they're not good. You know, she's gone and spoken with my colleagues in other counties and brought back information from those other counties and things that they're struggling with, where they said San Diego doesn't have those problems, and then attributed that to us. That's a political thing, and right? And it's the old tired politics that we see where you have to find something wrong to make it that you're going to be better. So from a technical perspective and doing our job right, uh, I want to tell all the leaders out there that rely on our office. Those are the school districts, the water boards, the fire boards that rely on us doing our job well, that we've been audited by the state. We do it with extreme accuracy to make sure nobody overpays. We also do it timely. We have a statutory requirement to do our roll closing. It's the tax roll that we create that the tax bills are then issued upon. We have to do that annually. 
And if we don't, we have to file a report with the state that we're not doing it right. Even during the pandemic, when other offices found, hey, we're going to take that extension, we might not turn in our tax roll in time. We might not be able to deliver that revenue for the schools and crucial services that rely upon it. We did our job and they found that we did it well. So I think that she's, I've listened to some of the podcasts. I try not to get too involved. I mean, I'm still doing a full-time job with my family and everything else, but I've listened to some of the things that she says and she's misstating the law irresponsibly. And so uh, I think that I just want to make sure that our partners know, and we, they know it because we meet with them. Trust me, if we weren't doing our job right, the school districts would be at our doorstep. Uh, they, my opponent met with LA County to talk to them about what they're doing uh, when they didn't implement Prop 19 correctly and the seniors were left with excessive tax bills. The state senators there protested them at their doorsteps. Uh, we, on the other hand, are part of the team that the state senators and assembly members are reaching out to understand how they can improve what we're doing. And so from a technical perspective of doing assessments and finding new construction, that part is what's called permit process. And so uh, as a former budget chair, I thought she would be more informed on the process that when the cities have delays in their permitting process, that's where you have lost revenue. We reassess at different levels of new construction based on when the permits are transmitted to our office. And so, for example, you know, in the city of San Diego, which she oversaw, when they have their delays in processing permits, which you've reported on, that's lost revenue for the cities. But when it comes to our office, and I'm telling you, we do our job every year. We close the tax roll on time. We've done it for the last five years I've been in the office, no problem. It's when the permits come to us afterwards that we can then reassess. But even if for some reason, and it hasn't happened, but if it did, and we missed something or we were delayed, we have up to four years to go back and issue a tax bill. It's uh, revenue tax code 75.11D. And so uh, the thing is, it's most important that we've been doing our job actually more efficiently since I got to the office, issuing bills faster, because businesses need to move on with that consistency and promise like, hey, I understand what it's going to be. I want to close this transaction. We're going to get it done. And so uh, I'll just say this. When you look at my endorsements from the people that actually do new construction, the Building Industry Association, the Associate General Contractors, those folks have endorsed me for my professionalism and the fact that we have executed so well and that we've been a great partner in just getting things done efficiently and right. And so on the Technology portion, uh, I will say uh, there are some parts of our technology that uh, somebody can come in and, and do without having knowledge of what the assessor office does or the functionality or the background in this technical expertise, such as a website, which by the way, our new website is live. I encourage you to go to sdarcc.com. You can check it out right now. It's mobile friendly, ADA compliant, translatable in multiple languages, accessible for everybody. And so again, like a new website, like any, anything else, you have your major launch and phase and we're getting feedback on, we're constantly improving it, but we have that new website live today. So I don't know if she would improve upon that and I haven't heard any feedback on that. But in regards to the integrated property tax system, 
in our office, you can have the best technology, but if you don't have the technical expertise to make sure that the technology is functioning correctly, it won't get done right. And so uh, I'm a subject matter expert. My teams are subject matter experts. We have to train the technology to do the mass appraisal, to process the applications correctly. It, it's a very technical integration process. And so I don't know somebody that she doesn't have that background or knowledge, how she could grade something that, uh, or implement something and oversee the implementation when she doesn't have the ability to administer herself. Thanks for that answer. Quick question, and then I'll pass the mic to my colleagues. So when did that website go live? We, we actually uh, soft launched last week. And so, you know, we're done. Our office, I told you, is about great customer service. We don't want to push something out and do the hurrah ribbon cutting until we actually have it tested. And we need that soft launch test period. So we're actually live right now and excited about it. Um, some of the new technology that I brought into the office, like owner alert, it's a system that allows you to sign up and be notified if somebody tries to steal your title or uh, record a lien on your name that's not warranted. Uh, it's live right now on our website. You can sign up. It's on our front page under recording. Uh, but we haven't gone out to the public yet because we're still asking people to sign up. We want to make sure that we didn't miss any blind spots in the process. We brought in community groups to look at it. We brought in experts from our office. We had our staff play with it, but we just want to make sure before we deliver a product for our seniors and the other folks that we worry, hey, are we getting it right for you? We're doing that soft launch period now, but you can go there right now and get mobile friendly uh, service. And the reason why it was so important that I got it done was because our customer feedback card said you have a terrible website. And so Barbara was right when she saw our website and said, hey, it could be better, but it it doesn't just pop up overnight. You can't just budget and produce a website overnight in government. I mean, it, it's, it's something that we've worked on and we've been building towards and making sure that as we bring over all the forms that you need to file, the tax saving opportunities, access that information, our recording process, our couples getting married that use our 24 seven award-winning reservation system, that it was all integrated properly. So that way the services never skipped a beat. Thanks, I'm James. on the webpage now, and can I ask a specific question? Yeah. On the site for the assessor property records, it says property ownership, parcel maps, and other property information are available for public view on our computer kiosks. Visit any of our office locations for assistance. So you have to go to an office location to access this. You can't just do it from your website sitting at your desk at home. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that question and clarification. It's a state law that actually restricts what information that we can make available. And I would love if the Union Tribune would work with us to make sure that we delivered more information online. But as an administrator of the state law, we have to operate within their restrictions. So we constantly work with our legislators to update the rules and restrictions to make more information available. But that's still one that we're working on. Thanks. I will bring up the Prop 19 question if it's a good time to do so now. When we talked with your opponent, she said that the basic way modern management works is to set up metrics that evaluate how regularly a, a task is achieved. And she said that when she asked the office staff how long it took Prop 19 claims, which allows people to transfer property taxes uh, and their base, uh, their base assessments in some circumstances, she says that the office simply didn't know. So 
that seems like the kind of fundamental metric that would that would matter. What do you say? Is she accurate? Is this metric not available? The metrics is available and it's published and we uh, actually have to do state reporting on it. Uh, I can't tell you who my opponent said she spoke to. Uh, you know, she might have walked into the wrong office and asked somebody else. I don't know, even know if she's been to the building or called in or what phone number. Uh, and sometimes I find that people call the treasure tax collector office thinking it's the assessor's office. We constantly work together to co-educate our staffs on timelines and deliverables. But I'll tell you this, Prop 19 was an initiative that was passed and it left assessor offices working diligently to implement. And so I know she likes to refer to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, if you look at the LA Times, which you're part of, the, the assessor's office there didn't publish, a, uh, didn't process a single application from what I understand last year. Uh, Senator Hertzberg was out in front of their office with seniors that were hurting with these excessive tax bills that they had to pay. If you go to their website right now, their top banner says extreme delays on Prop 19 processing at, on the LA County Assessor. And these are my colleagues. We work together to help each other be better all the time. But our office, we process 1,306 applications within the tax year, as I explained to you, statutorily, we have to close our tax roll, which includes all the work that comes in within a certain period. That's a metrics that's measured by the State Board of Equalization reported to the state agency, and we're audited by them. So, well, in other counties, they struggled and left seniors sitting out there with tax bills and worried that their homes were going to go to tax sale. Our county led the way. We helped people maneuver a new law that was implemented in February, the parent to child portion. We gave, we took leadership and issued guidance and were appreciated by the professionals that helped people transfer their properties around for the parents trying to help their kids in that process and also for the senior transfer. For those over 55, and Chris, I'm just gonna say this. I, I don't think 55 is a senior, it's the state rules, but uh, 55 qualifies you for the senior transfer. I think 55 is the new 25. But for those folks, we did our job. And I'll tell you this, for a new law that came in without the state passing the guidance that we worked with them on. Uh, there's some state legislation that was passed and that Senate bill took a long time to get processed. And our assessors association went to Sacramento, met with Senator Hertzberg, met with the state legislators that were leading this effort and said, we've got to do it faster so we can do a better job. With all of those hiccups and opportunities to say, well, they're not doing their job so we don't have to do ours. We did our job right. We processed 1,306 applications and our processing time on this new law went from six to nine months to three months. And I'm just gonna explain that to you because I go out to the public and they say, Jordan, how do you tell me that your office delivers great progress customer service, but you're taking six to nine months to process an application, right? I know Tanya is looking at me like, yeah, that makes sense. But part of the law is that we actually have to go out and appraise the sale and the purchase of the property to make sure that it was done in a fair and open market transaction. So no inside deals were done. And then we can go ahead and transfer that benefit. But even with those restrictions, we've gotten our time down. And sometimes we have to partner with other counties to get what's called a value certificate. So that means that if you sold your home in Riverside and you're moving your value to San Diego, 
we go to the other county and we have to rely on them and their time to process an application. So that's why we give a little bit of leeway. Some counties are better at processing it faster than others. Some counties in the state of California have six or seven staff processing tons of applications. We work with them and we work with our partners to get it there. But again, if you want to use a metrics for success and if we did our job, you can go to the State Board of Equalization Reports. You can go to all those taxpayers, 1,306 of them that said, hey, I delivered my application and it was processed that tax year. That, that is the metrics for success and we delivered it. Thanks again for listening to the San Diego News Fix. For more election coverage, including Q&As with the candidates, video interviews, and pro and con essays about each state and local ballot proposition, go online to sandiegouniontribune.com.